How to Turbocharge Your IRA. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Financial Wizard Podcast. This is personal finance in plain English for the rest of us. Join us each week as together we demystify money. And now, here's your host, Eric Henning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I'm Eric Henning, and I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Today, we're going to try to put it all together and talk about the different investment areas we've discussed, how to reduce risk, and increase your potential returns at the same time. Remember, we're not trying to make a killing. We're trying not to get killed. All right. So the four major ways we can reduce investment risk, particularly market risk, when we're talking about investing in stocks and bonds, are these. First, to be in it for the long haul to diversify, to combine growth and income, and to invest regularly. So remember, by we're in it for the long haul because in the short term, share prices fluctuate based on emotion and news and a lot of static. Um, and so, uh, and the problem is that with stock investing in particular is because it's so easy to buy and sell, people do it way too much. That's why there's typically a huge gap between what an investment does and what the investor experiences, the gap we call the difference between investment return and investor return. So stop fiddling. Uh, We want to think like business owners, not like horse race gamblers. Okay, we shouldn't be putting money into investments that we can't leave alone for at least five or better yet, 10 or more years anyway. So this allows us to smooth out those curves until we get this nice, long, gently sloping upward trend that we see in the long-term stock charts. That's how you do it. You go long-term. Secondly, we diversify. Owning shares in one company is incredibly risky. Owning shares in a dozen or more reduces your risk dramatically. Owning shares in dozens of companies in dozens of different industries is better still because it means you're not at the mercy of bad news or the economy and you don't have to predict the, the economy at all, or the markets. You know, if you don't have to worry about what oil prices are going to do if you own oil companies that benefit from rising prices and oil consumers like airlines and plastic companies that benefit from falling oil prices. You're covered. And over time, profits tend to outpace losses. So in the long run, you're going to come out ahead. This is, by the way, how millionaires invest. And we've talked before, you know, what's the difference between investing a million dollars and investing a thousand dollars? Well, the difference is three zeros. The techniques are the same, no matter what the amount of money is. Third, we combine current income and long-term growth. That's one way to reduce that risk and increase our returns. It's better to have steady, regular returns than to have a roller coaster. Okay. And uh, investors under the age of 40 obviously want mostly growth because you're not investing for income now. You're investing for income later. And there's an exception that we're going to talk about later on in this episode. But in our 40s and 50s, obviously, we want to downshift and we want to have those uh, growth and income funds, total return funds, dividend paying stocks. And again, these are companies that are well established. They're making steady money. They've got a lot of extra cash and they, they pay it out on a regular basis to their shareholders. Uh, You may have heard or read that over the last 90 years in the United States, the average return overall on stocks in in the markets have been an annual return of about 10 to 11%, and that's true. However, 
What you frequently don't hear about is the fact that uh, the majority of that, up to 6 or 7% a year, is from dividend returns, not capital gains. So it's not so much the share prices going up as that steady uh, cash that's coming out of those cash cows, those stocks. And of course, if you reinvest those dividends, that compounds it even more. The other advantage is a dividend tends to put a floor under a share price. You know, if the, the share price can only fall so much before the yield on that dividend gets so big that people jump in to buy it. And so that means that those shares tend to do much better in down markets. And we like that. They may not go up as much in rising markets, but they tend to do much, much better in falling markets. So we're in it for the long haul. We're diversifying. We're combining growth and income. And finally, we're investing regularly. Now, we're not trying to time the markets. That's a fool's game. But we can surf that wave a little bit. And we can make the market's volatility work for us instead of against us. And this is incredibly simple. We just invest the same amount of money on a regular basis. It could be daily, monthly, weekly, uh, annually, whatever. Usually it's monthly or quarterly. Uh, this way we're buying fewer shares when prices are high and more shares when prices are low. Automatically. And over time, we're going to end up with an average cost per share of whatever we're investing in. That's actually below the average cost per share during the period we've been investing. It's mathematics. Trust me, it works. So let's put it all together. Wouldn't it be lovely if we could combine all four of these methods, reduce our risks, and increase our returns at the same time? Well, you're in luck. There's a really simple way to do it. First of all, the way we ensure long-term investing is by using long-term money. And the best place, the most obvious place for this is our retirement accounts. In the USA, that'll mean a company 401k or an IRA, a SEP IRA or a rollover IRA that is self-directed. That is, you're able to tell them how to invest. In the UK, it would be an ISA or other self-directed plan. Now, most of the time, these accounts don't have millions of dollars to invest. So how do we diversify? Simple. We use mutual funds. <clears throat> these are professionally managed investments. Pardon me. I'm going to hit the cough button here. Hang on. Okay, I'm back. Um, so mutual funds are professionally managed portfolios. You pay a fee to the manager. They watch the money for you. And you can match these to your age and your goals and it's really easy to do because in the kind of funds, it's usually even in the title or the name of the fund. If you want growth, you look for growth funds or emerging growth funds. If you want growth and income, you look for growth and income funds. You look for stock and bond funds, dividend stock funds. Total return is another code word for this. Um, that's what you're looking for. It's super, super easy. And of course, as we approach retirement, we want to shift more into more income producing vehicles. So we're going to look for income funds, bond funds, that sort of thing. And we want, and again, we can also make sure we're getting into high quality funds, not something super speculative, but high quality growth stocks, high quality growth and in income funds, high quality, you know, bonds of companies that have great credit ratings. That's what we want. Okay. So we can do that even with a hundred dollars a month. You can do that in an IRA. Now, this is really cool. Don't forget, we also want to diversify by asset class. Aha, uh -huh, that's right. So we can have stock funds. We can have bond funds. We can even have real estate. That's right. You can have real estate in your IRA. It's true. 
Now, while there are mutual funds that invest in stocks of real estate developers, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about directly investing in real estate through something called a REIT, an R-E-I-T. Now, REITs are real estate investment trusts have been available in the United States since 1960 and in the UK since 2007. And it's basically like a mutual fund of real estate. It's a company whose business is buying, selling, managing, or lending on real estate. Okay? It's like a mutual fund of real estate, but instead of owning stocks, they actually own physical properties. They're required by law to pay out the majority of their income, whether it's rental income or interest income from mortgages, to their shareholders. Some of these even pay monthly. And inside our retirement account, remember, we're not paying taxes on that money until much later. So we don't mind having a little income. That's the exception I was talking about. Even if you're a younger investor, you can have some income-producing investments in your retirement account because you're not paying taxes on that money and it can turbocharge your growth. And I'll show you how in just a moment. So this is really cool. This is really cool. So what that means is, by the way, uh, let me just take a moment to emphasize how cool it is to be able to invest and not pay taxes on the returns currently. Okay, that is enormous. Anytime you're able to do that, you want to max it out. You want to max out your your retirement account. You want to put as much in there as you can. And if you get employer matching, that's even better because now that's just free money. I mean, who doesn't want that? So you can max out on the contributions you're making on a regular period, and you can get your employer to match that sometimes. And uh, and that can really, really increase what you're going to get out of it at the, at the back end. But the advantage of investing and not having that haircut every you know year on taxes is enormous. It means that stuff grows like weeds. It's like it's like a lawn that doesn't get mowed. It just grows and grows and grows until the weeds become bushes and the bushes become trees and the trees become redwoods that go up to the sky. That's what you want. Okay? Investing and paying taxes every year is almost like having a golf course sometimes, that neatly trimmed lawn. And because you're getting that, you're getting chopped off every single year. So this is why we love our retirement planning. And this is why we love these retirement accounts, because you're not paying taxes until the very end. Now, Roth IRAs are great uh, because if you can't, because you put that money in after taxes, you've already paid the taxes at the beginning, and then that stuff grows. You don't pay any taxes while it grows. And then at the end, you still don't pay any taxes. That's even better. So if you're younger and let's say you are changing jobs and you have a retirement plan to roll over, you might want to seriously consider going ahead and paying the taxes on that and putting it into rolling it into a Roth IRA so it can grow tax-free until you die. And sometimes even after you die, we'll talk about that another time. Talk to your tax professional about this, of course, and your investment professional before you make any of these moves. But these are some cool things you can do. So we can combine stocks which tend to do well in a strong economy, bonds, which tend to do well during recessions, and real estate, which is a great inflation hedge. So not only are we diversified by the kind of investments we're making, we're diversified by asset class. So again, we're covered. We can relax. Go out and have a smoke. Take a slow boat to China. Stop fiddling. Don't worry, because no matter what's happening in the economy, something you own will be doing well and it's going to rotate. And as and once you've gone through a couple of these cycles, you'll see. 
and you'll start rooting for the market to go down so you can put more money in. <laughs> so what about that fourth item, investing regularly? Well, we do this automatically in a retirement account. Obviously, we're making regular contributions from our paycheck. That might be every other week. It might be twice a month. It might be monthly, uh, whatever you get paid. And again, if your employer's matching that, that's even better. That's a boost right out of the gate. Okay. Um, and uh, if you're self-employed, talk to your tax advisor about maybe ways to do employer matching, even from a business you own. But there's another way we can turbocharge our long-term retirement savings even more. Most mutual funds offer the ability to reinvest their dividends because mutual funds, remember, are companies whose business is investing. They are owning a portfolio of stocks or bonds or whatever, and they're going to throw off dividends because, again, by law, they're required to pay out these dividends to the shareholders as they're you know, once a quarter. And the dividends are composed of two different things. They're composed of income or capital growth. In the case of uh, stocks or bonds, capital growth is you just bought something for one price and you sold it for a higher price, and that difference is a capital gain. In the case of income with a stock fund, you're talking about cash dividends that are coming in. And in the case of a bond fund, you're, it's interest that's being paid on those bonds, on that debt, okay? Well, you can, most of the time, people just reinvest that, you know, in whatever fund it's coming from, which is perfectly good. And that's going to help turbocharge your returns as well. But there's another thing you can do. And this is really cool. You can reinvest your capital gains in the same funds that you have, but take the income, let's say the dividend income from the stocks, and invest that into, um, into a different fund. For example, if you have a growth and income fund, you can take those dividends from the growth and income fund, put it into an emerging growth fund or a growth fund, and turbocharge it that way if you're younger. In your middle years, you want to probably just reinvest everything in those stock funds within the same stock funds. Take the income from the bond funds, that interest, Put that into the stock funds every month or every quarter, however it comes out, and take the income from the real estate investments and dump that into the stock funds as well. Remember, the stock funds are going to be the ones that go up and down the most. So the more money you put in there on a regular basis, the again, the more shares you're buying at the bottom and the more fewer shares you're buying at the top. And again, you're just boosting those returns. It becomes a snowball effect after a while. And so you're investing out of your own pocket regularly. Maybe you're getting employer matching. You're reinvesting within your funds and you're taking income from, say, your income investments, your bonds, your real estate, putting that more into stocks. So you've got four ways that you're turbocharging and investing regularly and building up this money. That's fantastic. And it really does uh, tend to work. For more than two decades, we used this technique with our clients, IRA accounts and, and rollover accounts. And we took the monthly cash dividends from the REITs, directed them into the growth stock funds and the bond funds. We put them into the growth stock funds. And the growth funds, again, tended to do very, very well. And our returns increased substantially. Now, of course, none of this is a guarantee. Your mileage may vary. And you're going to want to talk to your investment advisor about this before you make any moves. But I suspect that a good investment advisor will know about most of this, if not the REIT part. And they'll be very excited to hear about the rest. And they'll be happy to help you set it up. Now, I have a true story about this. And we're going to end on this. 
today. Uh, one of our clients years and years ago referred their daughter to us. She was just graduating college and starting out. And so she was taking some earnings uh, from uh, work that she'd done while she was in school and putting them into an IRA. And we set this up for her. We bought uh, a REIT that invested in income producing real estate. And it was an all cash REIT. In other words, they didn't have any mortgages on the real estate. They just paid cash for the real estate and owned it outright. And these were retail properties. I think, if I recall correctly, these were uh, fast food and family restaurants, daycare centers, shopping centers, things like that. And these were what are called triple net leases in the in the real estate business. A triple net lease is when the tenant, uh, the company that's renting the property, pays all the expenses. They pay the the property taxes, the insurance, and any maintenance on the properties. They pay all of it. It's called a triple net lease because the money comes to the owner of the property net of all those expenses. You're just getting your income and you don't have to pay those things. It's a great deal. And it's very common in the invest in the uh, uh, commercial real estate industry, particularly in uh, retail and in office buildings. Well, this is an all cash read and they're getting rent every month. So they're paying dividends every month. And we took that cash dividend and we plunked it into growth and emerging growth stock mutual funds because she's in her 20s. That's what we wanted to do, build that up. Well, a few years later, she got married and she and her new husband wanted to buy a new house. And it was their first home. So under the regulations in the U.S., they were allowed to take the money out without paying an early withdrawal penalty. They still paid taxes on it, but they could didn't have to pay the extra penalty. Now, the real estate at that time was in the form of, of an investment that wasn't liquid. Since then, the laws have changed, and those tend to be much more liquid now. But at the time, they couldn't actually sell the real estate. It had to stay put. But she could sell the stock funds, and that's what she did. She sold them down to zero. And after taxes, she had enough money to make a nice, substantial down payment on a house, which meant they had less of a mortgage payment than they otherwise would, and everybody was happy, right? And they live happily ever after, Right. Well, that's not the end of the story. This is the cool part. Five, six, maybe seven years later, I'm not sure when. It's a few years later. She gives me a call and she's perplexed. She's befuddled. She's bewildered. She's verklempt. She's seeing her statement and she says to me, Eric, you know, we sold all these stock funds, but they're still showing up in my IRA. What's going on? Well, she had liquidated all of those shares, but the accounts remained open. And remember that real estate was still in making those investments every month, that dividend was coming out and being split among those funds. And she was still investing in those stock funds regularly. And after just a few years, she had more money in her IRA than she'd had when she sold out to buy the house. Now, that's not a guarantee. Your mileage may vary, of course, but it does show the power of the concept. And that's the cool thing about it. So that's today's lesson. You can reduce your investment risk and you can increase your potential returns at the same time. And you can do it with as little as $100 a month in an IRA or an ISA. So go forth and prosper and talk to your financial advisor about doing this. I think you're going to get very excited about what this can do. And remember, once you set it up, no fiddling. Leave it alone. Let it work. Don't be like the farmer that pulled up his carrots every day to see how they were doing and then wondered why they didn't grow. Well, if you like this podcast, please listen to our new and archived episodes on Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and other platforms. And please uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, because that's how you know, the more reviews we get, 
the more ratings we get, the higher our profile, and the more people will be able to hear this information and use it. And what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about in your uh, money life? What issues are you facing? What questions would you like answered? Look, I, I don't want to just sit here and and talk and talk and talk to hear myself talk. I want to answer questions that people are actually asking. So please send your money questions to eric at thefinancialwizard.com. It doesn't have to be about investing. It can be about whatever, buying a house, buying a car, dealing with credit cards, whatever you're facing. Send your money questions to me at eric, E-R-I-C, at thefinancialwizard.com. And please do follow us on Twitter at You Can Do Money, where we share all kinds of things that we come across, bits of financial wisdom in the media and on the internet that might be useful for you as well. By the way, I was uh, privileged this week to sit in as a special guest on somebody else's podcast. I was able to appear on the um, Tell Your Story Better podcast, which is hosted by the lovely, brilliant, and talented Isolde Trachtenberg, the same young lady who does the opening and closing uh, themes and, and verbiage for this podcast. And uh, she is a coach that teaches people how to speak in public and how to communicate better in business and in life. And we were talking, we had a freewheeling discussion for about an hour talking about all sorts of things, not just my background in the financial and the entertainment business, but also how to, uh, how to work with clients and potential clients in a way that is clear, but is not manipulative, how to make those sales without being salesy and much, much, much more. If you're a business owner, or if you know a business owner, if you're a creative entrepreneur, uh, these are the sorts of things you're going to want to hear about. Or if you just want to know better how to communicate in business and in life, this is a great episode to listen to. And uh, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can just go right to it. And until next week, thanks so much for listening. I'm Eric Henning. Remember, take care of your money and it'll take care of you. This presentation by Eric Henning is purely educational. Nothing in this presentation should be construed as giving specific or individual legal, tax, or investment advice. You should make major financial decisions only after consulting with competent professionals licensed in your place of residence. While we can't give individual financial advice, we'd love to answer your questions. Please send your money questions to us at Eric at thefinancialwizard.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, review it, and tell your friends.